Yeah. How's it going? Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Dollar Hour. I am Deontay Burton, a.k.a. Mr. Short Dollar himself. Got an awesome show planned tonight. We're going to be talking about why do we need black-owned banks. Again, going to be talking about and asking why do we need black-owned banks. Uh, real super excited about this show, especially with a lot of the information, things that have been going on um, lately in the news regarding black-owned banks and everything, the whole um, action euphoria and everything uh, uh, of having black-owned banks. I think it'd be a great discussion for us to have tonight, you know. As I always, I want to start the show off saying what's up to my awesome producers, DJ Lab and Slick 316. We made it to Thursday. Yes, yes, sir. We made it to Thursday. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, I had a good week, Lab. I about to do one shit. Exactly. You do oh, one. Shit, I about to do one. <laughs> well, Any, you anybody. got it. Yeah, and I got it, man. Got it. <laughs> you got Su it. Super excited about this show. Um, you know, as I always rehashed the previous week, you know, number one, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So remember, practice social distance, stay six feet apart, wash your hands. Um, try not to cough too hard in your elbow. And, uh, you know, just be courteous to everybody else out there and stuff. Just the basic stuff that you learned in uh, pre-K and kindergarten. <laughs> right, you know, right. <laughs> be courteous and clean. Also, I want to kind of, uh, you know, share some good news. I've been uh, having those web uh, those uh, webinars, the tax business webinars. Mm -hmm. If you want to start your own tax business, it's been going great, man. been doing at least two or three a week. Really? Getting people signing up, you know, well, interested okay. in the course I got coming out. Uh, you know, so it's been super excited. Guys, you know, um, I don't have the link set up right now. Most of the videos may be on the ones, uh, uh, may pop up on the one on YouTube and uh, uh, on Facebook. But we'll make sure we get it out. I don't think I do if you go to the website. All the videos, once they get updated anyway, they'll have a link to actually do it. What's going on, Sarge? Uh, appreciate you tuning in. But um, the... Um, the information regarding the the actual course, only I do is you know, hit on the video, hit the link, put your information on. We'll be seeing you there, and that's one of the biggest things I keep pushing. Join the email list. Join the email list so we can actually keep you abreast. You're not just join the email list because you want to do the course. It's to stay updated with the different events, the products, all the different things we got coming on down the pipe. You know, mm -hmm. with, with everything. So I want you guys just to make sure you, you hit that. But the webinar been going pretty cool, man. Really, been going really? pretty cool. But you know, a lot, just a lot of participation. Uh. Not interaction, but folks are doing it because I've been doing it live on okay. Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at the same time. Okay. And it's been cool, you know, and everything. You know, I talk about my favorite subject, myself. And, you know, so <laughs> right. I damn near got to stop, you know. <laughs> hey, man. We got to go there in a mission. Can't say enough great things about the guy. You know, but it's, you know, but it's going pretty cool. Uh, super excited about that. Um uh, talk to PJ. PJ's doing well. Just want to share that with everybody okay, good, and everything. Good. So he, he's doing well. Adjusting well. Yeah, it's adjusting well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know you can adjust to a drill sergeant cussing you out, but, you know. <laughs> but he's he, he doing pretty good. <laughs> but I want you guys to kind of be on you know, be on the lookout for the course coming up and everything. So if you have, make sure you join the email list. Also, tomorrow at noon, I get, um, I'm working with this company called Nepris. I'll be speaking. It's noon at 1 o'clock with 300 students in New York State. Uh, talking about personal finance. Okay. You know, they got okay. Mr. Short Dollar talking to the kids and everything about that. Super excited Moving about on. that. You, you becoming uh, worldwide, ain't you? Huh? <laughs> worldwide, ain't you? That'd be worldwide when the money get worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be worldwide, but the purse, steps, my damn steps. purse local. Baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> my pocketbook local. Right, baby steps, baby steps on that thing. <laughs> I need the money, not the fame, baby. But, you know, I tell you what, any kind of, 
uh, you know, from the scribes and, you know, following we got, man, I'm super appreciative of everything, but also be excited to get, you know, talk to the kids and everything. So that's a new company that I joined up with and everything. So this is going to be my first time dealing with them. And they actually gave me 300 students to talk to okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> virtually. So, you know, you know, that's a good thing. I ain't going to throw tomatoes at me or nothing. Right, right. But I'm super excited about that. You know, just like I'm super excited, you know, talking about the subject tonight where we talk about why do we need black-owned banks. Again, guys, you, uh, you're live with a Dollar Hour, hosted by yours truly, Deontay Burden, a.k.a. Mr. Short Dollar himself. You know, on uh, Mr. Short Dollar, we talk about personal finance, business, entrepreneurship, um, and real estate investing. And, you know, tonight's show, we're asking the question, why do we need black-owned banks? Um even with that, before I get ahead of myself, uh, on the YouTube channel, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Short Dollar on YouTube, also on uh, Facebook as well. Please subscribe to both, see the videos, like the videos. If you don't like them, dislike them, but just have some kind of interaction. And please spread the word about, you know, the YouTube channel and the Facebook page, okay? Um, in tonight's show, we're talking about why do we need black-owned banks. You know, with uh, when Killer Mike came out a couple of weeks ago in regards to you starting his own bank, you had this, all this energy and stuff. And it's been a subject a lot of people been talking about. We actually had a show about this about a year ago and everything. It was kind of like, it's been a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that people talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. But, again, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's, I got my, my thoughts about it, and we're going to talk about that with it and everything, because I'm going to give uh, my insight and opinion. I want you guys to be very interactive. If you got questions about anything, you know, just to chime in. But I'm going to give my insight and my opinion on the whole euphoria of it and everything, and what I think is, do I think, in regards to the black-owned bank, do I think it's needed? I think it is, it's great to have uh, and everything. And I do think in some shape form is needed, but I think there's some other things that are more important needed, and I'm going to share that with you guys tonight, and I'm going to tell you why I feel that way and everything. But, you know, there's been such a huge push with people doing it and everything, and uh, I, uh, I've looked at people talk about it and, you know i remember when i had the uh what was that what was that in the west end like probably about a month ago and i remember i brought up you know the i was speaking to the uh the group about what's about business and banking right right and i asked right. i asked the question then because i've done a couple polls most of my polls that begin you know asking why do we need black-owned banks mm-hmm. people ask one question do we need black-owned banks people respond yes 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 overwhelming numbers right then you ask, why do we need black-owned banks? Yeah, like I, you know, it seemed like I asked the damn algebra question. <laughs> and the question to come back, most of the responses are simple, so we can get loans, so we can help each other, we can do this, that, and that, and everything. And that's, I think people have this this perception mm-hmm. of the black-owned bank is kind of be kind of like a, a Robin Hood for the hood, right, right? You know, and everything, just be able to, you know, get disseminate it. Yeah, exactly, and um. I, I just don't think that people have the right perception. Uh, are people getting sold a bag of goods in regards to what people in regards to what people are saying we need a black on bank? I don't think so, but I think people are being sold what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people want to hear that we gonna have a black on bank. Right. Is you know yeah is you know exactly people want to you know just hear it and you feel like okay it's time for us to have it. You know, we're going to be taking care of each other. We're going to be looking out for, for each other, and we'll be able to have certain things. What's going on, Coach Chris? Um, I, but I don't think people are realistic exactly what the, the process of banking. And, you know, my philosophy is that I don't necessarily know. Do I think it's great to have black-owned banks? Absolutely. I love the idea of it. I love the thought of it. I love the perception, the image of it, and everything like that. But I think we're, we have a greater need just to know how to bank. bank. 
Okay. And that's the the the, the overriding thing I think is missing. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's getting sold. Okay. And we in tonight's show we you know I'm gonna explain why. I feel like it's not getting sold, okay. you know, and everything, and you know why. And if it was, and the reason why it getting sold because you don't have people going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the simple yeah, reasons, right? Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much, you know. And so just we're looking at the information with the old polls. That's when I was just coming to the conclusion, like people really don't understand the whole concept of just banking, mm -hmm. and I think people kind of looking at it like you know in terms of what a bank is for and everything because the whole thing comes up is people looking like okay I apply for loans I try to get certain things done I can't get it done and if I got or if I have rather I'm sorry for uh, a bank with people that look like me or understand my situations mm -hmm. understand my dilemmas and everything they'll be a little bit more sensitive to uh, helping me Right. and you know the question you ask when you go <laughs> Bank of America, SunTrust, now you got that sister brother working in the bank now. Are they any more damn sensitive? Hell no. <laughs> Are they even sensitive? <laughs> yeah. So why the hell you think if you go to a black-owned bank, you go to all these banks with black people working in there, they don't show any level of sensitivity. <laughs> why would you walk into a bank full of them? Right. <laughs> any more sensitive? <laughs> and you, you, you sit there and think about it. Oh man, they got them in there and everything. That don't mean you know that they, 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 they're. I'm not you know speaking in terms of just the quality of their service. I'm just saying that you have people in those positions right now in some of the white banks and everything like that. I mean, do you feel any more comfortable when you're dealing with a brother or a sister or anything? If you're dealing with a white person, is sometimes going into a white bank that might be a, 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 a variance of, of answers, but I've never. Felt. I just have people that, you know, sometimes you might, some, somebody might be a little quicker to joke with you or whatever, mm -hmm. but for the most part, everybody don't kill the same way. You know, you just don't get no kind of warm, fuzzy feeling either way. So now you sit there and look about, you know, hey, we have our own banks where we can just have this community banking. We can be able to invest in our mm -hmm. community and do all this kind of stuff. And it, it sounds great, you know, we're trying to do it, but uh, that's where we're going to get into this kind of conversation. Why? First, you think about it for a minute before you go into it. It's not a new concept. It's not a new idea. Everybody go back in history and say, "Well, we had Rosewood, we had uh, 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 Tulsa, but they went with Greenwood, Greenwood, yeah, Greenwood, uh, Sweet Auburn. We had all this. You know, you think about you know just Citizen Trust. What it was was that Atlanta Light, Atlanta. You know, originally when well, well, I don't remember that bank because. Uh, Atlanta Light Bank called that? Yeah, Atlanta Savings. What was uh, Atlanta Savings and Loan? Atlanta Savings and Loan. That one, Alonzo uh, Herndon okay. started and everything. And you just think about just those, you know, you think about like, uh, 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 what's that in uh, North Carolina? Uh, uh, Durham, Raleigh, Durham, all those places that mm -hmm. Chicago, those places that were like uh, meccas for black folks. Mm -hmm. Where you had black banks and stuff like that, Harlem and everything. And you say to yourself, hey, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? What the hell happened? So if we were sitting there just rolling and doing all this well stuff, we had this stuff, what the hell happened? You right. know what I'm saying? And then we got to sit here and just think, okay, because you want to have this certain perception of, you know, what we have in terms of these banks and bringing them in and starting them and everything, and you don't want to rewrite history to lose it, but you got to think about it. Are we asked for something that we really aren't going to be able to keep? 
Because they left for a reason. Right. And we can say, well, you know, they took it away, they burned it up. In some cases like that, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of cases, I think it came down to really one thing, just, you know, pretty much customer support. I remember that Bank of America right there on Bankhead by by Hollywood Road, and it was there for years. And I remember going into the bank, you know, just being, you know, Coach D, Mm -hmm. trying to get, like, some sponsorship talk to the banks. And I remember the, ba- the branch manager talking to me. We just sat there and just chopped it up and everything. Told him I was an accountant and everything. And, like, they were like, you know, we probably ain't going to be able to last too much longer. This was over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the conversation being that how they've been trying to make relationships with people in the community. They didn't have enough people with accounts right. in the community wow. to stay open. Wow. And you sit there and look at it. That, that Bank of America that was right there on Bankhead, I mean, what was closest, next closest bank? What, West End? Capital City or something like that? I mean, there was no bank. Right. Hell, we're talking, I'm talking about in the city. Mm-hmm. I, remember yeah. that, I remember seeing that bank right there. You, you know, just to be thinking in terms of, like, you know, at least, what, five, five or six, probably more than that. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10 miles, you know, another bank. And they couldn't even stay open because they couldn't get enough people to join the bank. And so my, my point with all that is, when we start talking about what well, we want to have black-owned banks and stuff like that, even though you say, okay, well, that was a white-owned, you know, from a corporation banking and everything like that, we're still talking the same thing, banks, because at the end of the day, those kind of relationships, those are things you need to go get loans from, have in the community. We can say, well, hey, they probably weren't giving people, you know, the uh, loans or anything like that, and that's why they didn't stay open and everything. Uh, it goes back to the premise of what we're talking about the show, is that they didn't give people loans or people weren't in the capacity to bank. And I think that's the thing about it because me being working in the financial services industry over 20 years, I know personally, and if anybody did their homework, majority of these major banks, they have programs set up for small businesses, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. free classes Mm -hmm. that you can attend that can help you get funding. You go through their classes that are free of charge, that come out to the community and, and do it. Right. They do it. They have tons of programs that you can go to or whatever. And at a particular time, you might need funding. You might couldn't do this, and you might couldn't get that and stuff. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. My, your credit bad. You don't have any collateral. I get it. And it just didn't work. But, you know, we start thinking back to what happened to the one we had. Minus the you know, ones we had tragedy that people, you know, took away. What happened to the, you know, like I said, you only got one citizen. How many citizen trusts we got in Atlanta? Maybe two. Man, no, it's more than that. I know one downtown, one Decatur. Um Credit Union of Atlanta, and I got first choice. Is one Atlanta still open? I think maybe it was like three or four black-owned banks in Atlanta right now. Mm-hmm. I don't forgot the exact number and everything because I was looking up. When I was just doing my research, I was getting so many different numbers. But I don't think it's more than five black-owned banks, and I don't think it's more than 20 nationally uh, uh, with w- doing it. Give me a fact check. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't scared. I ain't like Trump. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's the reason why numbers dwindle like that, because that's too much energy for people to have to have a bank for us not to have it. And the issue is, it's not the issue we can't have it, is that we can't keep it. So now we got to kind of go into it. What was the issue? And we got to go. You know, now start looking at what's the reality of the reason why we can't. We don't have these black-owned banks because what's being sold to everybody is a bill of goods. Or, hey, we need to open this black-owned bank. But why in the world don't we have more? Okay, and that's what we're gonna, you know, talk about next. 
Again, this is the dollar hour. We're talking about why do we need black or asking why do we need black on banks? This is Deontay Burton, a.k.a. Mr. Short Dollar himself. Make sure you go to the YouTube channel. Mr. Uh, Mr. Short Dollar, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the Facebook page. Check out all the over 100 videos we got on both pages uh, where we talk about personal finance, business, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. Now, here's the deal. When we talk about why do we need black on banks, we're going to go to the reality of the situation. Well, there's, uh, they say there's 42 black-owned financial institutions in the United States. 42? Taken together, they are, they have approximately $5.8 billion in assets in total. But that's with 42 black-owned banks. I think... They need a fraction what Bank of America got America, by itself. Uh, I mean, Bank of America got what? $2 trillion? Yeah. <laughs> in assets? And between 42 banks, you only got $5 billion? That sounds about right. Yeah. But see... the. It, it, now we're going to go into like the reality because we have the deal. The thing of it is when we say, why don't we have these black-owned banks? Let's go, you know, it's, now let's have that keep a real moment. The, one of, the first thing is that people don't understand when you go, when you join the bank, just say you open up, get a deposit, you become a member. Deposit is one thing. Getting a whole damn loan is a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. People just can't qualify for a loan. And if you think just because you walk in this black-owned bank and you're going to get a loan because your sister on a brother on and everything, you out of your damn mind. you out of your damn mind. Y'all, I don't care who bank you join. If you're not in a capacity or a situation to qualify for a loan, you're not going to qual You're not going to get it. Mm. I don't care what, what color. Yeah. I, 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 it, it doesn't matter. Because here's the deal. And what you just said was very important. When we started looking at Jackson, the, uh, the cap of five, $5 billion out of 40-something banks. The whole, when we started looking at banking concepts, just in a nutshell, so you guys understand, that don't know, the banks have banks, uh, when, when they initially open up, right now what they're doing, just like what, you know, Killer Mike is saying, you know, with the online accounts, they're trying to get deposits, get people uh, in, open the account up, put your money in, put your money in, put your money in, put your money in, right? At, well, what happens there from that point, once they get so much capital as far as the money and the deposits they have in, that determines how much money they can lend out to people, okay? At the end of the day, if they don't have so much as far as with cash reserves stored in that bank, they're limiting that amount of, uh, that they can loan. The issue comes up with that is the more money, the more money I have when you look at like a major bank or like your Chase, your Bank of America, those major investment banks and stuff like that, they can actually be a little, a lot more flexible with the money they got because they got so much capital inside their banks. Mm -hmm. But you talk about a smaller bank that has less capital that's trying to get started, they have to be more restricted, more protected. Because, again, they can't take the chances that a big home bank can't. You know, I mean, it's nowhere near the scale that they are. And I don't think people understand that. It's like you're asking somebody for a loan that's really barely got enough to loan out to you. And that's the thing about it. It's a good idea. Uh, I make it a point to deal with black-owned banks, but I know what I'm going to deal with them with. You know, get a saving account. Because, again, I mean, they're not going to be able to get you loan. I mean, if you, and you just be honest with you, because I'm not going to make a show. I'm not going to talk about the quality of customer service. The black, I'm, I'm not going to get into that, you know what I mean? Because I can, you know, I can go in any color bank and get bad customer service or, you know, and everything. And But, but that's not what I want to do. I just want to talk in regards to realistically, why we don't have them, mm -hmm. you know, and if we want to have them, what we got to do and, you know, you know, just get those concepts. Cause I don't think people are thinking why we really 
don't have them. And they're saying, yeah, we need to get them because, you know, so we can uh, uh, qualify for loans and get them. And I'm just here to say that's not, right. I don't think that's going to be the case. And uh, one of the other things is, you know, just. When we, when we done with this, we'll give the top five black-owned banks and the assets that they have as far as capital. Once we done, well, to, towards the end of the show, we can do that. Okay, cool, 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 cool. That's fine. That's fine with it. Um, another harsh reality that I don't think another people, a lot of folks are addressing rather is uh, we're talking about you know just black-owned banks, the black community as a whole, not all, but you know a good majority of it. You know, if you want to believe it or admit to it or not, we just got uh, a lot of people with poor financial literacy. You know, people make money. We have no shortage of people that are actually making income, decent wages. But as far as uh, accumulating wealth, knowing how to acquire wealth, make wealth grow, uh, distributing wealth and everything, we don't have a lot of that. We don't even, from, regardless of even the number, we just don't have people that actually know how to do it. That's probably more important. Mm-hmm. And just understand the whole concept of money. Going back to what I was saying, most importantly, knowing how to bank. That's the thing of it is. It's one thing, you know, you're going into. And I tell you, you know, this is one of the biggest things I get on. I get on my business consulting clients is that you don't want to be an application in the state. You mm. want to be able to go to the bank and right. have that relationship where, hey, you know, I need, you know, I need this funding for this. Can you increase my line of credit? Can you do this? Can you do that? And a lot of that just set on relationships more than, you know, your credit score. And as a community, as a whole, we just really don't do and we don't know how to do any kind of banking. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to, you know, I'm ready to go get a car. Let me try to apply for a loan. I want to start a business. So let me apply for a loan. You know, I say this a lot uh, on the show and, you know, tell all my clients all the time, we get access to capital when we don't need it. Right. You know, the, when you need, you need to get that new car, when you need to get that house, when you need to make those repairs on your house, on your, you know, on the home, whatever, that's not the time to go get the loan or get mm-hmm. access to the money. You need to be doing it. When you don't need it. Right. So when you had them stressors or incidents coming up, you're already straight. Mm-hmm. You know? You have it saved up and ready to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's nothing wrong with having credit. It's just something wrong with not paying people back. <laughs> you know? It's just, exactly. you know? You right. know, you just, you, you, you have to make sure that because stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And if one thing COVID showed us is that you can't sit here and be comfortable. Exactly. How many people in January... We're on cloud nine. They were just pre-planning stuff and knowing, like, hey, you know, look, you know, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this in March and everything like that. And next thing you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and the whole damn world done changed. Everything changed. Yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing about it. So we might be hit a whole another whirlwind. Mm-hmm. But you just think about how many industries as a whole, right? Restaurants, hotels, clubs, bars. I mean, everything just got totally shut the hell down. Mm-hmm. That sound about right. That sound about right. And you know. Well, and again, you know, this not even people just mismanaging money or whatever. It's just something happened close for two or three months. I'm still arguing back and forth with that damn salon or the landlord up there, <laughs> thinking I should yeah, thinking I should pay rent. For the month of damn March and April when I couldn't use it. Right. Well, hell no. <laughs> hell, hell no. That's what I'm saying. Why would I pay you and I couldn't use it? And I wasn't closed because I had to be closed. I was closed because yeah. I was told to be closed. Yeah. Tell College Park to pay you. <laughs> right. Tell you know. 
You better go up there and get yeah, some of that hard yeah, shit, buddy. Yeah, he, he got some. Yeah. He got some tight ass. No, exactly. So those are the kind of things when you sit there and look at it, like people just had whole shifts. Right. And then you seen people, how they act, some, like you said, sold the business, closed it up. Right. Some, you know, you had the clubs, now they, they take out restaurants. Right. And then it really showed how bad the kitchens was. <laughs> Except for all the strip Man. clubs. They, all, apparently all their kitchens is good. <laughs> strip cl- it's strip amazing clubs. how all the strip clubs' kitchens got the best food. Oh, but man. anyway, we're going to keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you funny, man. And, and, you know, even just knowing just when we, we talk about just we're dealing with banking and just uh, poor financial literacy, um, understanding to be financial literate and be proficient with your finances, it takes a lot of uh, commitment on a personal level, time-wise, you know, less money, but more time-wise and to, to be able to do that. Most folks just don't want to commit that, you know what I mean? And that was one of, you know, one of the harsh realities folks have to look at. And not, you know, not enough industry experience and reason, you know, uh, receiving, how to receive certain loans is one of the major things. And just a quick tidbit, when you're looking at getting a loan, from a personal perspective, guys, from a personal perspective, they look at two main things, and that's your income and your credit. Sometimes they want to kind of throw in collateral, but for the most two things, most part, they want to look at your income and your credit. When you start talking about getting a business loan, they're looking at your income, they're looking at your credit, they're looking at the risk, they're looking at your experience, they're looking at the industry, and they're looking at your collateral. And usually, if two of those are off, you're not going to get a loan. And I'm speaking from personal experience where, you know, I'm an individual. I'm not just throwing out stuff and assume. I don't, I've had, you know, I've acquired SBA loans and government loans, all this pre, you know, and I issue out, yeah, I'm an alternative financer and everything for, you know, but just those strict loans, mm-hmm. government back loans and stuff, this pre-COVID. So I actually know, you know, that, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to have that, you're hard to get it, but it is, if you don't have your stuff together. Now, again, people kind of situation, I understand it. You know, I wouldn't be trying to get this money uh, from me if my stuff was together. Right. But the flip side of it is try to harness those relationships prior to. Mm-hmm. And so we start talking about the whole issue of the black-owned banks. Are we really fighting for something that we might not necessarily be able to keep? Right. Because if you're going to borrow money from this black-owned bank and you ain't going to pay it back. What's the point? Be, and I think that's probably been the case most of the time. People yeah. don't realize that deposits determine how much money they can loan, loan out as well too. If you don't have enough deposits, you don't you can't you can't um, loan out money because technically banks loan out our money that we deposit. That's what I'm saying. And so if everybody in the neighborhood is not shopping at that bank but want to go to that bank, and I'm not you know what I'm saying not depositing their checks or direct depositing checks into that bank, and then but still want to go to that bank for loan because it's black owned it's in the neighborhood, but they get their direct deposit at Wells Fargo. You get what I'm saying? How how long would that bank sustain itself anyway? Well, that's what happened to the Bank of America Bankhead. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to most of the banks, period. People don't use them, and because you don't take care of it, and again, you know, you you can't you you're not gonna have that there. Mm-hmm. Now the flip side, they people look at it from from that individual standpoint, where they won't give me a loan, they won't do this, that, and that. But again, let's let's look at it in most simplistic term. We start talking about credit. I don't know you. Right. You don't know me. I'm going to come to you and ask you for some money. Mm-hmm. I only have one thing to kind of check your credibility on, that being your credit score. Right. I might look at, you know, your income and everything like that. We may look at a little collateral. Would you be quick to give me the money 
if you had it. Right. If my damn credibility looked funny. Right. I mean, come on now. Right. I mean, come on now. I mean, you know, that's. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. yeah. Nobody want to think about that. They just feel like, no. And, and, and the reason why, because once the idea comes up, okay, this is how you want to acquire these loans, and this is what you got to do and everything to, to acquire these loans, you got to make a sacrifice of time. You know, rebuilding your credit, doing this, that, and that. Six months to a year, you'll be okay to do it. People don't want to necessarily make that kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you know, you stick to what I said before. You try to get access to capital prior to. Those kind of things, you really, you know, uh, when you had those little moments in life when you get sick, you lose your job, car break down, roof start leaking and everything like that, you can kind of mitigate them losses because you got, you know, a credit card or whatever. $5,000 limit to it, mm-hmm. $10,000 line of credit on your house and everything. You don't use it. You just use it when you got emergencies. Right. Again, those are things you got to try to get when you don't, you know, get access to capital when you don't need it. Mm-hmm. And those why I always try to push people to do. Don't wait till you need to borrow the damn money. It's nothing wrong with having five or six damn cards. All of them got available balance of two, dollars $3,000. If you got five cards, got a $3,000 available balance, you got $15,000, mm-hmm. you know. God forbid if you have something happen at one damn time more than 15 grand. Right. But people don't understand, I got it, now I got to go, nah, just don't damn use it. Right. Just don't, damn, you be, be disciplined, don't use it. And well, I think now, that's one. I'm going to say on that part, though, uh-huh. if you don't use it at least a little bit, they will cut your card off and give you a strike on your credit. That's, that's, the, new, that's the new move now. Well, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, I mean, if you, if you use it like that, all right, go get some gas here, Blue Moon. Right, right. But right. just don't, don't you, you know, be disciplined with it. Again, we don't. We, you know, you, you you get access to it when you don't need it, mm-hmm. and the whole issue of again of what was being pushed in regards to the black-owned bank, people just don't understand how to bank. Because like I say again, I think people right now getting sold a damn bag of goods, join this bank, join this bank, and then when people don't get loans, because again, we went to the same stuff. Um, what was the the bank that were pushing a couple years ago? Was it Bank One, Bank United? Mm. The brother opened the bank up in Atlanta. Is it is it is is a uh, uh, first choice? I can't remember. It was, it was Bank One or Bank United. I had a one in there. It was black and gold. Killer Mike was one United. I, I don't know, but I know Killer Mike was pushing that because they had a uh, golden. Uh, it was a uh, uh, they were gold and black. Not, it's not one United. But uh, one United is a. Uh, no, I don't think that's it. But it's a uh, Bank One or something like that. But they were based in Atlanta uh, and everything. And I, yeah, it was the same thing getting pushed in. But again, people. Go in, put their money in, and people want to, you know, overdrawing their damn accounts. You know, getting credit cards they ain't paying for and everything. Next thing you know, the bank, their assets and capital, you know, done drop down. They can't do anything but close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, banks are, you know, regulated by the federal government. If they can't keep their numbers at a certain point, they got to close now. That's true. And I just go back to, again, I think the push should be, what I keep saying to people is, we need to make a very, very hard push on learning how to bank. And I just think if that doesn't happen, we're going to have a whole lot of issue. Again, we're asking tonight, uh, why do we need black-owned banks? This is the Dollar Hour hosted by yours truly, Deontay Burton, a.k.a. Mr. Short Dollar himself. Um, okay. Uh-huh. they think that this is going to be a part of that like this is going to be establishing themselves now to be a deposit place for you know dispensaries 
No, you can't. They can't. That's that's not. I mean, that's uh, just is federal. Killer Mike's bank FDIC. I don't think it is. Is it? I don't know. If it ain't FDIC, I don't know the hell you gonna. Now, this ain't me talking bad about it. Okay. Well. Shit, if it ain't FDI. It's like a rush card or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me say this. And I'm just, let me give my professional professional opinion. Do not deal with a bank that's not FDIC insured. Right. And I don't care what color they are. And the reason why I say this is because at the end of the day, it's all about protecting yourself. Because at the end of the day, if I start something and I ask you to join me, and I'm going to put, I can put in all my money, but that's my dream. That's my my business, what I want. And you lose what you have because you want to, you know, be a part of something great and you ain't got nothing to show for it. And I move on with my life. No, that's not right. Mm. So make sure you do your homework and research. That's just a little small disclaimer. I don't, yeah, because I'm not, I don't know who stuff is or isn't. But, uh, you know, go to your point about the dispensaries. Um I don't, none of them can, you know, be put in the banks. You know, your banks are regulated and everything like that. Um, I still, even if they were putting in there, I still don't necessarily know where they have enough capital to be extending out a certain amount of loans. We're mm-hmm. doing that. The industry makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily know if that, you know, uh, that would be able to, you know, benefit you actually from a funding standpoint right. to do it. I think m- more people jumping on the bandwagon because it seems cool. Mm-hmm. But they still don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, we're doing the same thing when people got rush cards and stuff like that. People had access to actually swipe something as opposed mm-hmm. to always had to just, you know, <laughs> pull out cash and stuff like that. You know, you make you feel a little bit better, you know. Right. You go on your date, you ain't, you know, going through, fumbling through your money. Right. Dropping all them quarters out your pocket. <laughs> just here, here, man. You know, just swipe it and everything right, right. and stuff, you know. So get, get a black one. They, feel like you got a black There, there card. you go. There you go. <laughs> like you got a black card. There you go. Black. Exactly. So. I, um, uh, that's, I don't know. I don't know, Rick, as far as how they're going to do that, how they're structured and everything like that. I don't necessarily you know how that'll benefit the end consumer. But that's why I, I always want to push whatever bank you look at joining. Make sure you do your homework. And if you can't find information, always reach out to me. You know, I'm a contact information. It's on all the videos and everything like that. So, you know, feel free because I got people call me all the time to see the videos and have questions and stuff like that. Right, but right. I want, you know, you guys understand, you know, num- what I want to go into now is just, Looking at the black-owned banks, again, do they target the black community? I feel like they do that. I think a certain image is getting, you know, bestowed on the black community in terms of joining the black-owned banks. You're dealing with us. They understand our issues and problems. And I don't think that's the case. I've tried to get loans from uh, uh, Capital City, Citizen Trust, and it just didn't work. Mm. It just didn't work. Uh, and, again, I don't have no credit issues. Right. I don't have no nothing right. like that and everything. No, I mean, you know, everybody gonna better get, you know, you can go to four or five, and, and I can go to Bank of America. They don't get to me, Chase do. I can apply Chase, Chase don't get to me, Bank of America do it. Just, do they still have check system? Who, check system? Yeah. yeah, they still have that. It's all they still fall up on the check 21 mm-hmm. in regards to just we're doing that and everything. Everything's automated and virtual now. But uh, all that stuff is still in the system. But I'm talking about as far as, you know, just getting along. It just depends on who's going to approve you. Mm-hmm. Who puts more weight on the what? Some people won't look at credit. Some won't look at collateral. Some look, it just depends on who you go to and everything. Right. And, you know, a lot of them actually look at industry. Some just have a niche. They mostly fund restaurants. Some mostly fund clubs. Mm-hmm. Ain't that many of them. But, I mean, those are the kind of things that are out there. And even just like what Reed mentioned with me, I deal in alternative financing. Mm-hmm. You know, some people need 
split funding loans or factoring loans and stuff. I got access to all that kind of stuff uh, that most of your banks don't want to deal with. You know, it may come at a higher cost, but if you need the money, you need the money. Right. You know, but those kind of things what I want to kind of allude to right now in regards to just being aware of the world is flat. Now, again, I don't want to get off the black-owned bank concept, but I really w- want to just share this information in regards to just understanding basic banking. The world is flat. I say again, the world is flat. One good thing that it was brought up in um, uh, with the bank. What's the name of the bank, Killer Michael? I'm open it up. What's the name of it? Greenwood. Okay, like I said, it's an online bank and everything. The whole no brick and mortar, and that's you know it's not, that's not a new uh, concept. The great part about banks that are like that virtual or uh, virtual banks is that uh, they don't have the fees or like that a lot of other brick and mortars have because they don't have the overhead, the overhead uh, right. to do it. But the problem that comes up with a lot of those is just people understand they they can't process what a Bank of American Chase have. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as you you know, you're not gonna have the staff, you're not gonna have the responsiveness, uh, you're not gonna have all the damn products and stuff like that they're gonna have and stuff because again, they ain't charging shit. Right. They ain't charging that. They ain't doing it again your damn deposits. Right. So for them to be free, I mean you gonna I mean just keep it real. You are gonna get free service. Right. And what I I want people to understand is that if you kind of get your mind out of it. In those non-traditional brick and mortar style sets, you have a lot, a lot that you can uh, be doing and everything. And people have to understand there are tons of ways that you can get funded. Mm-hmm. Now, when there are a ton of ways to get funded, you may not necessarily get it funded the way you want to be. It may be at a little higher cost, right? But you still can get money. Access to capital is still there. Again, like you know, some of the products that we offer. At WDA Investments, you know, they may come at a little higher cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that your credit is uh, bad or anything like that, but it's just the hell, you know, the situation. Right. You know, if you got a contract that you need to get everybody paid and you ain't, you ain't got forty, fifty thousand dollars you need to get that cover to make payroll, we got you. But you got you to pay for it. Right. You know, and everything. Right. We ain't getting over just what? Help you make it happen. And uh, <laughs> you just got to say how bad you want it. <laughs> you got to win the options. It, 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 exactly. But, you know, uh, I want to kind of share with everybody, you know, just in regards to, you know, thinking outside the box, we started talking about funding. Again, we're talking about why do we need black-owned banks. Uh, I understand the whole concept just with basic banking and understanding that you don't have to limit yourself to uh, a certain image of what a bank is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to kind of just bring up people look at it a lot of times. You got pro- companies like Lendertree, Prosper. You know, you got crowdfunding. You have, you know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo private investors, cabbage, things like that, where these these places are set up for, you know, non-traditional mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, again, if you come to the table, everything is good because you get turned down. Absolutely. All right. But, 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 it's not going to happen that often. Mm. It's not going to happen that often. If you're able to get it. Again, I just went through the the things you're looking at as far as you know you're getting a business long way looking at you know uh the, you know your credit you're looking at your credit industry collateral experience and all that kind of stuff you gotta be realistic about that mm-hmm. in the day's climate how quick would you get a, a a loan for a restaurant that you can only operate at a certain capacity right you, you see what i'm saying right how quick would you want to get somebody you know and everything now you turn around and say listen i want to open up a pharmacy or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. thinking outside the box. You know, we want to sit here and just probably have like a, a medvac place or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, you know, uh, where you're actually doing those, uh, what, PE, the, uh, uh, is, is it PE or PEP? 
those are merch selling masks, selling gowns and stuff PPE. like PPE. There you go. Help me out. Yeah, that APS coming out of it. You got that, You got some P, personal uh, protection equipment. Yeah, personal protection equipment. <laughs> last year, last education Chicago. <laughs> I'm a Harper High graduate. <laughs> I was educated out of nowhere. Yeah, there you that's, go. That's because he got outside the box. There that. you go. But you know, like I say, if you you had those kind of options available. Those kinds. Of, oh, hey, you can get some funding. Right. Because I know he's actually offering a product that actually people need and everything like that. There's not anything fly by night, and so. Those kind of non-traditional ways of funding are out there. Like I said, again, when you're looking at, like I said, those Prosper, Cabbage, things mm-hmm. like that, dealing with people dealing alternative financing, the world flat. Right. And it's just a matter of, you know, I don't care if you're black, blue, green, or yellow. You just put it in, you you know, you'll better, you know, get access to money. It may be at a higher cost, but at the end of the day, excuse me, you if you can get that, you, you know, you won't be there. Right. You gotta think of those like lending trees and uh, you know how they do mortgages online. You really don't have nowhere to go with lending tree, but lending tree. Um, what's the other one that does mortgage online? Those Rocket Mortgage. All those things are online and they they are successful. So it's not like being online is a bad thing. It's just that how do you how you go about it? You get what I'm saying? And, and Rocket Mortgage and all those guys. Um, you know they do have a high cost for those mortgages. It's not like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, a lot of times people don't actually use certain products to get uh, get a hold of certain products, really, because they just don't know about it. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's why I said thinking outside the box, not necessarily looking at traditional paths to get money, those are kind of things. Because, again, let's, let's be realistic. When you hear the whole concept of, and I ain't talking about it, but I'm just being honest, hey, go to this black-owned bank, you just – you know, banking on people just going to a bank because it's black. Mm-hmm. A person is going to kind of give some kind of scrutiny to it. Hey, what all they offer to it? What all, you know, and everything. When Like when I'm in, at being a business owner, I got to find out, do they have certain processes that they offer me being a business owner? Because mm-hmm. I'm getting money all kind of different ways. Getting the cash, swipe. Mm-hmm. People want to actually, you know, pay me through Zelle. People mm-hmm. want to, you know, just, you know, send a check this way. Deontay, can we afford it this way? Can you bill me this I got to make sure I'm able to do all that kind of stuff. And does this bank have the processing capacity to help me do that? Right. You know, and again, you know, I know some of the banks here, I know, you know, I just had a conversation with one of them last week. They can't do too much. And they had, you know, basically my old damn tilling machine days. So. Oh, <laughs> so they can't even go to, you can't go to the ATM with cash and no envelope and sticking in there and they count it out for you yet, huh? And ain't trying to advance. Uh. I ain't damn trying to advance. I ain't trying to damn advance at all. Mm. I ain't trying to damn advance at all. So I'm, I'm not going to talk about no banks or anything like that. How can you not? Well, the whole thing about it is that I don't think people, they don't want to. It's just that a lot of times leadership, a lot of times, you know, just, you know. Uh, uh, you think it's the call? Hell no, I don't think it's the call. I think it's the sometimes people just ain't, ain't, ain't adapt to change and response to them. Some people think, some people forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, hey, why don't we do it this way? Why don't we do it that way? You know, again, somebody had to think about taking pictures of checks and, 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 and getting it. Right? right? Yeah. Somebody had to start thinking about, hey. Like, you know, you people ain't going to want to come to this bank all the time. Exactly, exactly. Some people had to think about, hey, can we, you know, exchange money through your damn phone? It mm-hmm. had to be thought of. Mm-hmm. And, and it had to be met with some kind of, you know, objectivity and scrutiny. Exactly. But, you know, 
you're rewarded when you think outside the box and we be innovative. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things they push in grad school, man. Innovation, 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 innovation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, like I said, again, we ain't too much with that. Like, you know, we... <laughs> <laughs> Nah, hell no, <laughs> hell no, hell no, uh-uh. not us. I gotta see my shit. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you right. You damn right. You damn right. And that's and you can't get past it. Like, listen, we're limiting ourselves so much. I mean, I can just say personally, just some of the organizations I've dealt with, where a lot of leadership are older, good people, mm-hmm. very smart, but just something as simple as uh, using Eventbrite instead of going spending. Two or three thousand dollars printing out some pretty tickets, mm-hmm. and we take that whole damn price out and put it on the consumer. Right. Oh no, you, you mean to tell me we can, you know, they can pay for it and we ain't got to pay for the ticket, or you know, I kind of like how the ticket look. Man, fuck, <laughs> excuse me, that, that ticket. You know, I mean, just things like that. that. They gonna tap through in the garden. Exactly. Once, once they get and, in there. And, 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 well, you know, and, well, that's the thing about it. You know, well, you can get emailed a, a nice design. I say and this. Print it out. It, 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 exactly, especially when you start looking at bottom line and experience. I mean, even just processing. Um, a lot of times people don't understand just transaction fees when you're using a credit card machine. Right. They're tripping that they got to spend, you know, 2 to 7% to get their money quicker. Now, mm-hmm. understanding that people funny now. People will go somewhere else if they can't use their damn card. Yeah. A lot of people don't carry cash. Yeah. So you're you looking at it, you're going to tell somebody, because they don't have cash, you're not going to do business with them. Not in 2020. Yeah. Not in 2020. And that's just how that is. You have to be able to adapt to changes. Mm. And sometimes when they come, you just, you know, again, you just won't be able to you do certain things, mm-hmm. you know. that the, the, These phones can do so much. I, exactly. A new one. <laughs> Give me all of my cash. <laughs> 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 oh, what you gonna do with that turn in my wallet? <laughs> yep. It's a whole check. He's not innovative. <laughs> 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 so, 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 I only lost it once, and it wasn't the whole 26. <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> I ain't gonna let her beat you up too bad. Again, you... Okay. I mean, it's it's just like just a payday lending. It's just you don't you're not going to a brick and mortar place. It's just payday lending. Well, at the end of the day, you're not gonna do it when you don't need it. You're gonna do it when you, you, you need it. You, when you, you need, need it the most. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's just a payday lending without the brick and mortar, mm-hmm. and they can be a lot more flexible. Why? Because they don't have to pay rent. They mm-hmm. ain't gotta pay payroll. They ain't gotta pay health insurance. So they can be a whole lot more flexible. Mm-hmm. And you done what? You actually gave them digital access to your checking account and everything. They take their money before they take anybody else get theirs. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Again, you're going to use them when what? You need to use them. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, tonight we're talking about why do we need black-owned banks, and we're having a great discussion in uh, regards to everything, how 
you know, banking has changed the whole dynamic. When we have the whole the conversation, why do we need black-owned banks? And like I say again, do I think do we need it and everything? Absolutely. And I can tell you, I feel like we need it because we do need to have certain things we can feel like, okay, we have, you know, people in our community can help us know our interests and stuff like that. But realistically, I understand we still need to know how to bank. And we have to know how to bank in regards to what it takes to get a loan, how banks operate, how we can grow wealth. That stuff has to be known prior to before we start throwing all these ideas about um, I want to, you know, support this particular bank. Right. And now understanding that, you know, I, I hear the whole terms of we got to start somewhere, you got to believe in everything. I get that part. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not about starting somewhere. It's not about believing. It's all about what? Sustaining it. Right. You got you, you if you can't sustain, you can't keep me, it doesn't matter. Because it's not an original idea. Right. The government didn't take all of them. <laughs> you know, if people not supporting it and doing business and doing right by them, mm-hmm. that's why a majority of them left. Let's be honest. Right. That's that let's be honest, that's why. Because mm-hmm. people don't know how to balance their check. People don't know how to forecast their money. People don't know how to function, operate with a bank and stuff like that. I get it. Stuff happens. I understand. But those are the reasons why we ain't been able to keep those particular items and stuff. So that's what I wanted to kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, hash on with that and stuff because when I look at, you know, what should we be doing first when we to just starting out, hey, you know, when you want to get on the right track, we want to start promoting information because I've talked about why. What could we be doing? Number one, we need to learn basic financial literacy. We learn the basic financial literacy. We're talking about banking, credit, budgeting, and retirement. Mm-hmm. Understanding that. How that functions, how it applies to you, what you can and what you can't do, and how to mesh that all in together. And I just think the the reason why that's not getting pushed is because it's time consuming, it's boring, it requires commitment. And most importantly, it requires accountability. And it's a whole lot easier for me to say, I didn't know that, mm-hmm. than me to sit down in the library or do some Google research and spend some time trying to figure out how to do it. That's everybody know one thing. I didn't know how to do this. We need to learn how to do this. People will say that the banks won't. No, I mean, find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. It took me a year and a half, and two years to get that damn SBA loan. But I want to leave them for a job. I want to leave them for a job. You know, and it was just that. For the amount of money I was getting, I was like, shit, yeah, okay, cool. I knew what they were going to give me. I knew what they wanted to see. I knew what kind of time it was going to take me to get myself in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, my want to get that money was bigger than my, you know, uh, dislike of waiting that damn long. I ain't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? And that's the one. Well, it's patient, but it's also kind of like, you know, you just kind of hate your damn certain situation. <laughs> shit. If you sitting there, just sitting there in the same thing trying to do what you normally do, it that ain't how life going to work. It ain't going to work like that. So that's one of the biggest things I just want to push with, with people. You got to understand that you you can't do what you want to do and expect different results. You got to do some things differently. And when we sit here and push that we want, you know, black-owned banks and everything, you know, we want to open them up, we got to be willing to have that commitment to make sure they what, stay around mm-hmm. and make sure that we're doing the right things to be pushing it. Do uh do I think it's gonna be an uh, issue with the bank the killer Mikey I'm pushing? No, I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. But uh, I mean, as long as you're dealing with your cousins, shit, you don't ever know. Because <laughs> I I think people actually do think that uh you know that they're gonna get loans, get access to capital because they black. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You heard that brother sit down there with a straight face, and that brother owned that business that said that lap. He owns that. He's the one that owned that restaurant. Oh, okay. And when I said, why do you think that, you know, it's a good idea? He said, because, you know, they're sensitive to my situation. They be giving me a loan. That's a damn business owner. Oh, no, right. Saying that. And he has no damn clue. <laughs> good brother. Right. No clue. No, no clue. hell. No clue how it works. It, 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 exactly. It and you sit here. Exactly. Go. And you got all these people going to sit here uh, and commit to join the bank. Put their money in, and now they want to borrow some money. They want to <laughs> get some money, right? Overdrawing their damn accounts, and now you sitting there like, damn, you know. Whereas we need it, it needs to be an over push. I'm gonna be honest with you, it needs to be an over push in financial literacy. And, and to be honest with you, the sad part about it is, you got hell, Mr. Short Dollar. You got all these other financial channels, you know, way bigger than mine. People don't really want to sit there and commit because when you start talking about the time it takes. The discipline, the commitment, people just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you just had some shit called PPP, and no. idle loan, oh. and these jokers just became instant thousandaires. <laughs> shit. Living life, right? <laughs> Living my best life. Well, a lot of people did that. A lot of even, even people that needed legitimately, some just still again they issues. You have a lot of businesses that are actually out here doing legit business, but they don't they understand their craft. They're busy, but they're not a growing, thriving business. You know what I mean? But now you got some. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, they making hell millions of dollars, but they damn near spending nine hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars in expenses. <laughs> Truly. I, I mean, I, I'm accounting. I see this stuff. Right. I see it. Like, you know, you have people that are actually out here making money, black businesses that mm-hmm. are making money, but they damn, it is not nothing uh, intentional or even, you know, uh, from a mismanagement standpoint. Mm-hmm. They just don't understand operations. They don't understand financials. They don't understand report. They don't get that whole part. And they know what they know what they need, what they need to do. You know, I got, you know, I ain't saying I'm a client, but just, you deal with people that, you know, but like, oh, Lord, let me stop that. But you, <laughs> I've seen things where you got, you know, people making these kind of revenues. Right. But you the other side, like, man, what in the world just, you know, happened there? Mm. And everything, you know, they but they don't know. Like I said, nothing, you know, intentional, nothing malice. And I don't, you know, it's just they're not versed with how to be CEOs. People get that title, I'm the CEO, because, you know, they pay, you know, for the LLC. Right. But they don't actually understand what actually. What it takes to run a business. Or what a CEO is. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what a CFO is. What an executive is. It's not executive and an owner. It's two old different things. Right. That's the thing of it is. You, you know, um, I told you about the young lady who was on Shark Tank. She had the, uh, she was selling like the uh, uh, the knee-high socks. And Mark Cuban just messed up. She was like, yeah, you know, she was, she was you know, trying to get some money from the Sharks. And she was just. She didn't know her numbers, and she was just bringing out. She's like, well, I'm the CEO. And Mark Cuban told her, he said, you're not the CEO. You're just a business owner. Mm-hmm. And that shit just went right over her head. She didn't understand. Because when we talk about CEOs, you know, you know, forecasting, you know, financing, you know, all the projections. CEOs work on the business. They don't work in the business. They mm-hmm. actually are looking two or three years ahead, how to acquire this, how to do that, strategizing. Whereas the owner, he's just working, making money and stuff like that. That's not a knock, but it's just an understanding 
exactly what you are and what you are not. Right. And a lot of times we start looking at just even when we talk about just the banking, you know, you don't have proper account. People don't, you know, me being an accountant, I always tell folks, people come to me when they need me. Mm-hmm. People just, because you can get QuickBooks. Right. Because you can buy TurboTax. You try to do it yourself. <laughs> but when you're on the business. Yeah. But even when they get it done right. But even when they try to be in business or in they personally, they do it and they're like, yeah, what the IRS said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you listen yeah, to the enemy right now. And the there. bank just told me I ain't had this, that, and that. I get these calls every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> now again, I'm cheaper. A lot cheaper. And I ain't cheap at all, but I'm cheaper. Right. When everything is good. <laughs> but when, uh, when, it's, when bad. it's bad. <laughs> That's the one. one that's United. one just started about four or five. Wasn't that about? That no, was it. That, that's no, not no, it. About one United started no four or five years ago. How long? Was, ten years ago? Uh, one United started. One United started in 1982. Damn! What is the one the brother owned? United had assets of six hundred eighty-four million dollars. Six hundred eighty-four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Are they based in Atlanta? No, Boston. Boston. What is the one the brother owned here in Atlanta? He just opened up a couple years ago. Was Killer Mike was pushing that one. I, and, oh, and, uh, I know black and gold mm. and everything, man. I forgot uh, the brother pushing that. Uh, I'm just keep, keep it real with you. You know, one United is the citizen trust and everything. You just said the number. You got $680 million in assets that they have and stuff, which is not a lot. And, again, hell, that might be from Bucca, maybe from two or three people. And <laughs> they just can't run at a capacity. They can't run at the capacity that it chases and all that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 Exactly. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't necessarily know if they have a growth strategy for doing that. They may be content with just being, the, you know, the neighborhood bank and this is what we're going to do and everything, and that's it. Mm-hmm. How far? I mean, sometimes it might not be about growth. It might just be about being there. Being there, yeah. And everything. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's not realistic to think that's going to be any kind of thing that's going to be what? Sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, but. You know, that's what happens, unfortunately, with a lot of our banks. I think a lot of times you have people that are, uh, I, I met a brother, uh, R. Reverend R.L. Smith. And see, One United Bank is, 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 is um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's led by husband and wife. By husband and wife. Yeah, the chairman is Kevin Cohen and the president is Terry Cohen. Well, I think I heard Cohen, of C-O-H-E-E, yeah. Cohen, I wonder if that the one that was, um, no, I, I never heard of them before. And everything. I'm just, I'm just talking about a couple and everything, but that doesn't mean that I can't heard of them. But um, it's a brother, R. Reverend R. L. Smith. I met him. Um, one of my clients, you know, that we that we dealt with. I'm just mentioning by name because he wrote a, a book. Um, God, I'm gonna bring it up in the next show. But he was actually uh, uh, a bank president, one of the first black uh, presidents in uh, the '70s. And he, uh, uh, he was able to grow a couple of banks, you know, the historic levels and everything. And he actually sent me his autograph book about three months ago. Oh, okay. And uh, we just talked about how the different banking concepts. God, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Reverend Smith. I can't remember the bank name and everything. But he, and everything. He was a uh, – we had a real good conversation in regards to just ba- uh, black banking and everything, how mm-hmm. a lot of times just, you know, a lot of it is human created. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have some of the banks that actually, the bigger banks, see markets and they change certain, you know, things to get people to come in. But at the end of the day, don't trip 
because the bank set the other bigger bank set the trap. Right. You still got what a decision to make. Exactly. You know, I I, I hear that a lot when I hear you know you hear like uh, 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 you know the music industry started this and that and they changed certain things and they made it where people want to come in they want they want to sell gangster music people bought you still had to make a decision. People had to make a decision to buy. Artists had a decision to make the music or not. Mm-hmm. Right. So at the end of the day. If you're going to support your local black bank, you're going to support your local black bank. Right. Now, you go into the situation knowing, I know, you know, again, some of the prominent black banks in Atlanta, they can't do all the stuff I want to do. Right. I can still go get a saving account from them. Right. They can't. They just, from a processing standpoint. From a business standpoint, and, 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 you need to move your business forward. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I can tell you it goes like that for the simple fact I don't know I don't know that particular bank, but I can tell you right now the bank that I got my SBA loan is based in Florida. And I and I had another one in Wisconsin that I used and everything. But like I said again, the world is what? Flat. Flat. We live in a we, we, we live in a, a virtual world and that's why I say it. I want people to be understanding that listen, um you wanna have, you know, people laugh at me, Capucci always preaching about having all these accounts and stuff like that. But you got to be flexible. The world is flat. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, that's really, to be totally honest with you, uh, hindering, I think, a lot of the black-owned banks. Mm. When I went to that, all, what was the uh, the Black National Conference in uh, Chicago back in 16? Mm. What was, what was it? Seacrest? Seaside? Uh, I'm sorry, Lab. Uh, I'm sorry. But uh, we're going to be right on this show. Yeah, that's, uh, it's like the, uh, the historical black the, the, What What's it called? Uh, the one in uh, Chicago. Seacrest, Seaside? Um, God, but it, it was back in sixteen. Was it a college or no? The 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 bank, the black owned oh, bank. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, in, in Chicago. Ma- up, um, the brother he came in, he was just like, hey, you know, he was talking to him. He knew he had all these guests from all around the country, and he was like, look, we can do everything. Everything's virtual. It's remote. It does. It doesn't matter. And I think people actually look at that kind of stuff like, you can get your money. Seaway. Seaway. There you go. Seaway. Seaway. Because that's one of the oldest banks in the whole country. And it, and trust. There you go. There you go. And actually, Vice President Seaway was actually speaking to us and everything, just talking about the different programs and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, to the point Alex said, I can believe what he's saying. The flip side still comes up to it. I'm pretty sure they still have some basic parameters. I mean, you know, and everything. Because he can't stay open. if You know, he's not going to give a loan to somebody that never paid anybody back. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, we're just going to be real about that. But I will say this. Uh, the world is flat. And if you have that kind of perspective, whether you'll be fine. Even when you talk about from a community from a community standpoint, uh, if you're a local bank in Atlanta, like I said again, I just think my strategy would be a little bit different. I wouldn't be just. And, and Seaway is not one of the oldest banks. Citizens Trust is only is older. 
See where it starts in 1965. No, no, no. I mean, one of the oldest banks around. Oh, I mean, okay. black-owned banks. That's what I meant. Okay. I don't even know if it's the oldest. Or, you know what I know? Oh, okay. You know, and 1965 that, was okay, but I've seen some banks on this list that started in like 1913. 1913. Man, they <laughs> probably got about $100 in them. <laughs> well, what they did was they merged with other banks. So. I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. But I remember he, you know, he spoke to us. But uh, I, I, I think if people think outside the box, um, I think they wouldn't have they wouldn't be as limited to what they think they can do as far as receiving capital. So I believe I believe what Alex is saying, you know, and everything with with doing it because again, majority of the bigger loans that I've acquired, well, pretty much most of the bigger loans that I've acquired, you start talking about loans over hundred thousand dollars here, they ain't been nothing local, mm. nothing local, and be 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 be, be totally honest with you. Uh, so I think you got to look at that perspective, and I think even. And I think, you know, that's that's not that uncommon with business. Being able to secure funding, you know, those out-of-state banks, especially in the virtual world, right. you have to think that way. Now, from a community standpoint, we're looking at, okay, how we're going to increase, just say, a bank in Atlanta or something for the community. I think I would be less asking people to bring money and deposit my account, and I probably have a rush on free services to kind of incorporate people to actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, come and learn these financial literacy camps and stuff like right, that. Right. Is that a gamble to offer that for free and, and hope they're going to join your bank? Yeah. But it's just a damn gamble, too, to start your business up and ask people to enroll. Right. And, and once they find out they can't get a loan <laughs> from <laughs> you. they <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, uh, I, I think people need to really, really just take some time to just learn. Yeah, they need to offer services like how to do your taxes, how to – you know, financial business and stuff like that. And you, and you guys, and Killer Mike, if you listen, I know you listen sometimes. You can get Poochie to come over and teach the classes for you. Small fee, of course, but. Well, you know, they, 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 got, <laughs> they, you know, I'm pretty sure they got big teams of people just a lot more smarter than me and with doing it. And, That'd be the problem. Too much, too much big teams. Now, too, now, too now I ain't admitting defeat, man. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> too many I'm just, not enough, I'm too many chiefs, not enough idiots. You know, I, I, I think you know again with those situations. I think people they got they got people that have good intentions. I just don't. This, I just think I went with it uh, about it a different way, mm-hmm. and everything we're doing it because. Uh, well, first uh, again, this is why do we need Black on Bank? This is the Dollar Hour hosted by your true Deontay Burton, aka Mr. Short Dollar himself. Make sure you go to the YouTube channel, Mr. Uh, Mr. Short Dollar. Also the Facebook page. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got over a hundred videos on both uh, both platforms where we talk about personal finance, business, entrepreneurship, and uh, real estate investing. Now, with that said, I think it all goes back to a couple of things, okay? When we start talking about the black-owned banks, and like I said, they're learning how the bank is, learning how to start investing yourself to learn about as much financial literacy as possible. Mm-hmm. Investing yourself, investing, reading, your times, whatever, investing yourself with doing it, okay? Anything you can have as far as growing yourself from a wealth perspective, from a financial knowledge perspective, try to invest in yourself as much as possible. Uh, know what options you have as far as funding. Mm-hmm. Don't just quit, you just limit yourself you know, if the girl at the bar tell you she don't want to talk to you, you don't just sit in <laughs> If you're a true stud, you don't just sit there and cry in your bill. What right. you do? You go down to the next, next one. one. <laughs> and if she don't really answer right, you might talk to her friend. Right, right. My point being, you just don't. Because that's what we're looking at you first. I wasn't talking to you anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I just warming up with you. But, you know, to that point, you know, just don't limit yourself to just, you know, one option if it doesn't work. No, no different options you got. Family, friends. You can go to banks. You can have credit cards. You know, those non-traditional uh, things we start, you know, talking about. Like what Alice even mentioned, you know, just 
virtual banks that happen. You know, I'm pretty sure you probably got a brick and mortar. But again, you have tons of options out there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the whole thing with the crowdfunding, the Kickstarter, and the go-go's, cabbage, all those non-traditional ways. You know, there's funding out there. You may not get it the way you wanted to get it. Right. But again, a lot of times, let's be realistic. If your stuff put together, you ain't got to really do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> True. But at the end of the day, if you got to make payroll, if you have to acquire this, you just got this, you know, $2 million contract, but you know you ain't got, you know, but $10,000 in the bank, but you need to get half a million dollars in equipment to make it happen, what are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? You got to go get the money. And nobody's going to give you half, half a million dollars in equipment, you know, on a regular loan if they see that you don't have a track record, you don't have the collateral, you don't, you know, they, they're not going to do it. You're going to have to probably, you know, get some kind of accounts receivable loan or something like that. You can get the money. It just may not be, again, the way you want it. And you just got to be realistic about that stuff and everything. So be realistic about your your situation. Set a realistic timetable about how you're going to try to get everything in motion, too. You know, again, because we were talking about, you know, why do we need black-owned banks? Um, I think, like I said, I think it's needed. I think we do need to have certain things because every race has that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say, like, well, well, whites, if we had a white-owned bank and stuff like that, well, you do have it. It's called Citizen Trust, Bank of America, and all that. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's keep it real. But you need, you know, again, you know, we start talking about straight community, you know, Asian-owned, Hispanic-owned, you know, Italian-owned, Jewish. They, they have that. You know, again, I know I'm talking about probably, you know, not necessarily races, but, you know, ethnicities and or religions, but you still have those things there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, but I think, again, regardless of when you're talking about functioning and having those kind of mechanisms in place, making sure that the people that you're marketing to, they're going to be able to help sustain you. And I just think that's the bigger problem. Mm-hmm. We just don't know how to bank. And when we figure out, you know, what it takes for us to learn how to bank, uh, we don't want to do all that. <laughs> we don't want to do all that. Right. And, again, who that fall back on? Us. You got to be realistic about that. You know, just, no, nah, I don't want to sit there and do that. And I got to, you know, I got, I can't wait for that. I got to do that. So I kind of want to just end the show in just with this quick tidbit, guys. We don't need to be breaking our necks and fighting hard for something, like having a black-owned bank, if we're not going to do right to keep it around. Right. That's that's the that, that's the key. If we're going to see how that energy we need to have, we need to have it and everything, we need to make sure when we have it, we're going to keep it around because yeah. that's the biggest problem with it. It's not that the white man taking it. It's not that, you know, you know, we can't get access to this, that, and that. I just think we haven't done a, a good job of keeping it around. Mm-hmm. And I think the, ish, the, the thing that's going to be most important for us to keep those things around is that we have to be, you know, competent enough to keep it functioning with it, keep it and everything like that. But with that said, too, don't limit yourself. You got a guy like Alex sitting there telling you going to give you some money and everything like that. Hell, do business with him. Huh? Well, you know, well, you know, you call his bluff. If he said that, you know, talk to him. You ain't got to limit yourself. That doesn't stop you from getting the other banks. Right. Again, access to capital when you don't need it. Hey, you can have all that stuff out there. Use it. I want to end it on. We were talking like there aren't any black-owned banks. And I have 10 of them listed right here. But I'm not going to give you all 10 of them. Okay. i give you five of them. Five. The first one is Liberty Bank and Trust, based in New Orleans. Um, it, service area, it service cities are like Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, 
Kansas, and Texas, established in 1972, assets of $737 million. Okay. That's number one. Number two is One United Bank. We just talked about them. Uh, based in Boston, uh, uh, has branches, has six branches in Miami, Los Angeles, with an upcoming location in Compton. Established in 1982, assets of $684 million. Okay. Um, Carver Federal Savings Bank, based in New York. Uh, Carver has seven branches in, uh, in its home state. Established in 1948, um, Carver has assets of $678 million. $670 million. Uh, Industrial Bank. I've never heard of them. Industrial Bank, based in Washington. Industrial Bank has 10 branches in Maryland, New Jersey, New York. Originally established in 1913, um, but was reorganized in 1935 by Jesse Mitchell. Um, It has assets totaling $600 million. Um, Number five is Citizens Trust. Citizens Trust is number five on the list. Um, Based in Atlanta. Citizen Trust has seven branches in Georgia and Alabama, established in 1921. Uh, Citizens Trust has assets of $506 million. So it's not like there's not any black-owned banks. We want to, we want to, we we, we're talking like there aren't any, and I, I see 10 on this list right now, and most of them have assets of over $200 million. So, I mean, that's not a lot, but still, they bank. <laughs> the key is, you know, again, we start talking about it, the concept of that, you know, and I appreciate that layout. You're aware of what you have right now. Mm-hmm. Again, some of them been around, you see, shit, it's over 100 years. I t- I, well, there's one on here that's older, and I'm going to give it its name, but it's number nine on this. It's a little lower. It's called Mega- Mechanics and Farmers Bank. Okay, where's that based out of? Uh, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Raleigh, Durham. Okay, cool. Established in 1907, has assets of 200 and. Uh, $90 million. But you think about mechanics and farmers, so that was a bank right. basically for people who fixed, yeah. black folks who fixed them, yeah. probably yeah. Uh, farmers' equipment, and then farmers. Like a like, co-op bank or something right, like that. Right, right, Wow. And it, 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 it's amazing because you, you you sit here and think about it. I'm pretty sure maybe you go back 100 years ago, you probably had uh, five times that. It's a God. They say the first black bank was established in 1865. 1865. Yeah. As, what was the, what is the movie? What is it? Uh, black Business, the documentary. I seen it about a month or two ago. I had to pay for it. Where it gave a whole big spiel in regards to the whole, the whole black entrepreneur experience and stuff. Um, God, is that, was it Black Business? Uh, huh? Well, I to, I'm sorry. I didn't think I had to pay for it because it was on demand. And it was on <laughs> You know, cheap ass people like me. I remember every damn penny I spent. Yeah, I spent three dollars <laughs> for that movie. But uh, <laughs> right. I'm sorry, but uh, it was real insightful in regards to just that whole journey of black-owned businesses in regards to you know just the uh, the banking system and everything. But like, uh, again, man, I appreciate that lab. We really got to make sure that you know when these type of things come, these you know, as far as the black-owned banks or the black businesses, make sure that we do a good job. You know, you know, as citizens. You know, that we're taking care of them to make sure they stay around mm-hmm. and everything. Do right and, by and them. Exactly. And also, you know, just as a challenge to the business owners that's doing that, invest in yourselves. Mm-hmm. Know how to actually operate and function your businesses. And I'm not talking about customer service. I'm talking about really knowing how to actually be, quote, unquote, CEOs. Mm-hmm. Know how to do that. And just kind of just, you know, 
going from this to that and just never, you know, not being stagnant and everything. And I think that, you know, I think if that's working on both ends, we'll see a whole lot more success out there because I wish them brothers well with the bank and everything. I just think that um, conceptually, I don't think it's the issue of the bank because, like I say, it's not a new idea. Right. It's the the issue of people still not knowing really what to do. Right. It's the idea of, hey, that's a black-owned bank. We can do this. We can join this. But I don't think that's going to be the overriding thing that's going to happen. I think people just, we don't have it because people ain't really took care to keep it. So I just want to make that personal challenge to everybody. Look, if you, uh, to join the bank, I think it's a great idea to do it. But also kind of spend uh, as much time as possible. Make that your 2020 commitment to yourself to become as much financial literate as possible. And one of the best ways to do it is subscribe to Mr. Short Dollar. That's right. You know, again, you know, you know, just like we had a dollar hour every other Thursday, I got over 100 videos. Uh, I got some more uh, courses coming down the pike. The tax course should be out uh, probably the beginning of November. You know, that's for, uh, you, re- you know, if you want to be, you know, having your million-dollar tax tax preparation business, that's going to be the course. But I've been doing the webinars, you know, ready to start your own tax business where, you know, I'm just sharing my story, what you need, and also what you need to be in the tax business, and also the potential money you can make. Um, the course is for people that are already somewhat knowledgeable with doing taxes. It's not for a person that doesn't know anything about tax. I'm not really teaching you how to fill out a tax form. I'm teaching you more so how to actually operate a tax business. So if you actually been that person in the family, they do, you know, four or five people taxes every year or whatever, and you say, okay, I'm kind of cool with doing this, ready to take it to the next level, you know, just you need to enroll in my course. So I can tell you how to make at least $100,000 in the first, five, first four or five months in business and stuff. I have the experience. I have the knowledge and everything. You know, 20 years in the game with doing it and everything. So, I, you know, that whole course will run you through the whole part of the body. But it's not a course in regards to teach you how to fill out a 1040, okay? It's not for that. It's to teach you the person that has some knowledge. You don't have to be a guru because, like I say again, it's not about knowing everything about taxes. That's why we go to lawyers' office, they got all those books. Go to doctors' office, they got all them books. What I try to push you to be an expert, not in taxes, be an expert in knowing how to get the information that you need to get, okay? That's the most important part about that. So those are things that I push for you. So kind of be on the lookout for that. Make sure if you haven't, go by Mr. Short Dollar. You know, you can Google it uh, as far as the uh, uh, Ready to Get Started Tax Preparation course. The links to it and everything, register. Make sure you join the email list. Join the email list. Join the email list so we can keep you updated of all the courses, all the events, and all the new information we got coming out. Again, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight where we asked, why do we need black-owned banks? We'll be back in a couple weeks. Listen, guys, I love you guys. I appreciate the support. The station, the channel is growing like crazy. Thanks for all the support you gave to me, Mr. Short Dollar, also the Changing Lives. I want to just say thank you. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart to you guys. Say again, thanks to uh, DJ Lab 316 and everything. You guys helped me grow. All my family at uh, Misfits Radio and everything. Good luck with you guys and stuff like that. You know, if you need a little inspiration, just look at Pooch. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, you guys. See you in a couple weeks.